Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Dave Nordman, executive editor of the Telegram Gazette, uh, joined on this Monday, as always, by Tim Murray, CEO and president of the Worcester Regional Chamber of Commerce. Welcome, Tim. Dave, uh, good to be here. And before we get into it, I want to thank the, the sponsors of the Voice of Business that make the show happen, Worcester Regional Airport, which we're going to talk a little bit about in this segment, and Fidelity Bank. Uh, Fidelity Bank uh, has recently joined uh, in helping uh, make the Voice of Business happen and look forward to their segment uh, during the course of the show. And I uh, want to thank uh, the Telegram for their partnership and helping uh, help, help the show happen as well. Oh, thanks. And, uh, you know, a, a shameless plug on our part. Uh, we recently ran a, a story on Fidelity Bank um, in the uh, in the chamber corner, um, and uh, they did a great job uh, with that and putting that together. But uh, you mentioned Worcester Regional Airport, uh, and uh, so why don't we why don't we lead off and, and talk a little bit about that? Yeah, you know we we recognize how this global pandemic has impacted uh, virtually every sector of the economy, but particularly the airline industry, hospitality, leisure, travel uh, have been devastated, and as a result, uh, Logan, which for example would have about twelve hundred flights a day during the course of the month of May is currently at 200. In Worcester, uh, we're seeing you know some of the flights that are flying down to Orlando, Fort Lauderdale, Philadelphia, uh, and Detroit, you know, very few passengers on it. So uh, the airline, a couple of the airlines have, uh, have applied for uh, to the, to, the, to, the, to the federal DOT for the ability to kind of discontinue service for a limited period of time. Uh, that's been reported. You know, we've had some conversations with, with the Massport leadership. Uh, so, you know, we're hoping if there's any uh, temporary halt to service that uh, it'll come back sometime in the fall as, as things begin to open up and people begin to get back into a regular routine. But that is something we, we may be looking at soon. Um, but uh, on the positive note, I think many of the airlines have indicated that they would want to come back to Worcester. Right. And, and it's important, as you mentioned, to having uh, have that conversation up front and, and be part of the conversation rather than, uh, you know, the uh, the alternative. Yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, the Baker Polito administration uh, and the current chair, Lou Evangelitis, the administration, the Patrick Murray administration, that I was proud to be a part of, I mean, over the years, we've collectively, and Jim McGovern all along throughout that process, we've made great strides at Worcester Regional Airport, significant investments into the infrastructure, the city uh, Massport buying it from um, buying it from the city you know, during our administration. Uh, Lieutenant Governor Polito has made it at a priority, and we've added some flights uh, as well. And so, you, you know, it's disappointing, but it's understandable given what we're going through. But as you said, the most important piece is having those conversations now that they'll return when things begin. And to. Worcester's not the only airport that's affected. Um, you know, other regional airports 
in Worcester situation are dealing with the same thing. Yeah, regionals, but you know, you know it's real in something like Logan, twelve hundred flights a day on average in a, during the month of May, under under, tip, under under ordinary times, now down to two hundred flights a day. So it's real, but you know, once it gets back, uh, if these are temporary requests to, to stop service are allowed, um, hopefully. When things pick back up, people can get right back to using them again. Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, uh, kind of uh, as a jumping off point uh, in the Sunday Telegram, uh, we had a, uh, uh, I think, a substantial series on rebuilding America, touching on things like, um, you know, the the automotive industry, retail, restaurants, um, you know, and the list goes on. And uh, so this, um, you know, this pandemic and the economic crisis uh, touches um all facets of of our world and uh, and but there's many things that 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 you and the chamber are, are doing to uh to help people across these um these industries yeah that's right and you know part of it's monitoring what's happening at the federal and state level we've talked on the show uh and and communicated regularly with our members about the hero about the cares act which had the paycheck protection program uh, additional money for the economic injury disaster loan uh, again, a reminder that there's still Paycheck Protection Plan money out there. It was funded for a second round. So if there's a business out there that maybe initially said, this doesn't work for me, if they, circumstances have changed, they say this recovery is going to take longer than we thought, they still have the ability to, to apply for the Paycheck Protection Program. We advise people that starts with a conversation with your banker. If you've got an existing banking relationship, if you don't, please call us at the chamber. We can try to be helpful to you. And also SBA has come out with the checklist and the application for a company that maybe has received a Paycheck Protection Program, this would be the steps in the application to have that loan become forgivable. Mm -hmm. So that's important because if a business can do that, then they don't have the debt. Right. uh, Paycheck Protection. uh, And there are other programs. It seems like we talk about these things every week, but um, other programs available to, um, to businesses as well. Yeah, well, right now, that's the main thing. Yeah. When we were on last time, it was the, May 29th was the final date to apply for the treasurer's program yeah. here at the state level. The city's program is closed. But, you know, to, to your point, Dave, we are having conversations right now with state house leaders. Speaker DeLeo has indicated that uh, he wants to get working on an economic development bill which is something which is just timely given mm-hmm. a quarter of the Massachusetts population approximately is not working. Uh, so he has named Ron Mariano and Joe Wagner to lead the House team that would work on an economic development bill. Senate President Spilka hasn't specifically done that yet, but at the chamber this Thursday at 4 o'clock, we're going to have a Zoom conference as part of our Chamber Business and Government Forum uh, sponsored by Blue Cross, uh, Blue Shield, and Ventry Associates, with S- State Senator Eric Lesser, who is chair of the St- Senate Economic Development and Emerging Technologies Committee. So we're going to be having him have a conversation with our members directly about what an economic development bill at the state could look like or should look like to help businesses. Yeah, talk a little bit about the, uh, uh, is, is it a workshop? Uh, is it uh, is it something that people can go, go on to the chamber uh, website and uh, and sign up for? Yeah, well, we've opened up our chamber member services to, to non-chamber member businesses uh, you know, during this COVID-19 crisis. So uh, if somebody's interested in, in participating in any of our programs and events, they can go on to worcesterchamber.org. 
uh, look at the various events. So there's usually a description of them and then up for that. Uh, and that's the same chamber business. Uh, June 4th at 4 p.m., uh, Senator Lesser will present, talk a little bit about, and then it'll hopefully be a, a dialogue and a Q&A. And we find that you know, many of our, our guests, especially in the election, the most enjoy that conversation because directly from the business owners and our members about issues that they're facing writ large as a business community or specific to that particular sector that their business may be operating in? I mean, it seems like a great opportunity, um, you know, for two sides that maybe wouldn't necessarily get a chance to connect uh, the actual business owners, uh, you know, with these resources. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, what's facing, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a professional service industry, right. a law firm, accounting firm is going to be different than a manufacturer or a retail. And we'll have members in all of our different uh, areas kind of engaged in having that conversation. And that will help the senator uh, because he clearly will be part of any leadership team on the Senate side that would be formulating an economic development bill at the state level. Awesome. Well, uh, let's take a, a quick break and we'll come back uh, and uh, talk about uh, the next step in the governor's reopening plan. Subscribe to Telegram.com to stay up to date on your business news from in and around central Massachusetts and have that news delivered to your inbox every day by subscribing to our Business at Noon newsletter. Worcester is growing, and so is Telegram.com. Okay, we're back. Uh, Tim, uh, we, we talked a little bit about the workshops. Um, let's, uh, let's talk about uh, where things stand with, with reopening, uh, the people who you've talked to um, in the chamber, out of the chamber, and what you're hearing on the street and um, kind of um, where we go from here. Well, again, as we've talked about, there's been, you know, different uh, levels of, of concern. Uh, for those that have been allowed to open up, you know, I think it's just trying to make it work, get your employees back to the extent that you're able to um, get a customer flow or routine under this new new normal, right, with personal protective equipment being required, safe distancing, uh, signage, you know, all, all of those. So so that has begun with office and, and some retail um, allowed open. You know, June 8th is uh, the second phase, third, and then end of the month, you've got, you know, restaurants and bars um, and gyms and, and things like that. So uh, there's still time, you know, uh, I think uh, for businesses to get the plans in place, which is our advice, you know, develop the supply chains for personal protective equipment, uh, and, and just try to get ready. I, I, it's probably unlikely that the state will be taking those deadlines and moving them up, in my estimation, but uh, we're going to keep our ear to the ground, and certainly we've been working with some businesses and municipalities where there's some gray area as to where a business falls to try to make sure they're doing things right. But if there's the ability to get open a little bit sooner, then then, then we'll work with the municipal leaders who are really the enforcement agents in many Yeah, you make a good point. Uh, you know, every, every and it's a challenge in this, is that every municipality, every town and city is different, right? They're, they maybe have a different uh, a different way of doing things, different, obviously different leadership. Um, so it's a, it, it must mean for, with you, a lot of phone calls, a lot of research, a lot of figuring out how to help individuals with, with individual needs, really. Yeah, that, that's it. I mean, we had, uh, you know, uh, a local gym, which is somewhat unique, and um, we've been working with, with them on, on trying to figure out what elements of their business they can offer, uh, open up. Had a local attorney who's doing some work on behalf of gyms across the state, 
uh, you know, ironically call today to see if we could be helpful. So, you know, you're trying to trying to really triage sectors and, and, and various businesses, which is what we're doing. And, uh, you know, I mentioned our business and government forum that we're going to have this Thursday, June 4th at 4 p.m. with uh, Senate, Senate, State Senator uh, Eric Lesser, who is the chair of the Senate Committee on Economic Development and Emerging Technologies. We're also having industry sec two industry sector roundtable conversations this week. Literally uh, after the show airs uh, at 11.30 on June 3rd, we're going to have Chancellor Michael Collins from the UMass Medical School, who has been um, a leader and a voice that many people have turned to during this pandemic, along with Dr. Eric Dixon and Carolyn Jackson from, from, from St. Vincent's. But Chancellor Collins has been uh, early out in front educating the community about this. And we're going to have Chancellor Collins speak at our, our healthcare roundtable again. That's something if there's a listener out there that uh, a member business that or non-member business that wants to, to listen, they can register for that by going to WorcesterChamber.org. And then on June 16th for our um, financial services roundtable, we're going to have the chief economist for J.P. Morgan, uh, Jim Glassman, speak at 11 a.m. on June 16th. So you can see how, you know, the economists can speak broadly about the economy, and I think every sector is interested in that and what their projections are based upon the data and the information that they have access to. But then on the healthcare side, you know, Dr. Collins, you know, Chancellor Collins being able to speak about it, again, affects all sectors, but, uh, you know, he can bring that expertise as it relates to safety distancing vaccine antiviral etc yeah and it's uh it's it's just a great thing that um with so much information out there and some of it true and some of it misinformation um being able to provide people in the local business community with um with trusted voices and names that they already know um you know it's a really good thing yeah, you know, trusted voices, as you said, and experts. Right. And, and, and you know, it doesn't mean experts are always right, but they bring a knowledge, a right. ex- lifetime of experience and a career that, that uh, in a particular sector that can help inform us and, and, and we can learn from and then adapt accordingly. Right. And that's and, uh, what and we And being need. local, yeah. you know, having a local uh, voice like Chancellor Collins, you know, um, you know, he could deliver a message that's probably unique in a, in in many ways to to this community, as opposed to to listening to somebody with more of a nationwide approach. Yeah, I, I think he can bring. He's the trifecta. Right. <laughs> he could talk internationally. He could talk nationally. But what others perhaps couldn't, he can also talk about the local situation on the ground. You know, UMass Medical School, known around the globe, around the country, but he also very hands on here in the community. Uh, with the the, the 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 medical school being here, Dr. Collins living here, being a Holy Cross grad, so we're excited to have him uh, as well. Yeah, and talk about the other uh, uh, the other workshop. Um, yeah, the financial services yeah. roundtable. Uh, we've got uh, again J- James Glassman, who is the, the chief economist with J.P. Morgan, yeah. international company. You know, they can the data that they have access to, the analysis that they can can provide. Uh, I think it's going to be very, very helpful to a lot of, lot of, lot of uh, our, our, our members. And, and again, we've opened up to non-member businesses during this crisis. And maybe to paint a picture, what's going to happen over the next three or four quarters, the remainder of this year and to next year? When does the economy turn? Uh, we had a call this past week at the Chamber and uh, the Economic Development Coordinating Council with some of the uh, leaders of some of our local lending institutions to kind of get their on-the-ground perspective uh, as well. So, 
um, that's going to help inform decisions that are made and uh, in terms of how people are going to do their business, what they're going to, how they're going to open, how they're going to conduct themselves. And we just want to, and that's part of our mission in good times and in bad is to empower our members with information. Especially in these un- uncertain times. So just, uh, just remind uh, the listeners um, if they want to be involved in any of these workshops or seminars. Yep. Go to WorcesterChamber.org uh, and you can read about them. And we've, this is just a few that I'm mentioning that we're having during the month of, of June. People can can uh, you know go online, read about them, and then register for them. And uh, again, if we can be of services to people or answer any questions, info at WorcesterChamber.org or call us at 508-753-2924. That's Tim Murray, CEO and President of the Worcester Regional Chamber of Commerce. Uh, Dave Nordman, Executive Editor of the Telegram Gazette. Tim, we'll do it again next week. Yeah, absolutely. And again, close out with a thank you to our sponsors, Worcester Regional Airport and Fidelity Bank. Great. Thank you. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.